Welcome to This Week in Legal Blogging, in which we talk with leading bloggers from across the legal industry. This program is presented by LexBlog, providing lawyers with turnkey digital publishing solutions and strategic consulting for 16 years. Uh, my name is Bob Ambrogi. I'm the host, and I am the author of the blog Law Sites and also my own podcast called Law Next. Uh, and uh, this show, I just want to remind everybody, if you're watching this uh, on video, we are now also available in podcast form, and you can find that uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and uh, soon on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of. And you can always find the past episodes of this show on, on uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash LexBlog. And uh, today, I am very happy to be joined by Peter Mahler, who's a partner in the New York law firm Farrell Fritz and creator of the blog New York Business Divorce. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, pleasure to be here. I, I bow to the king of legal tech. <laughs> well, it's it's very nice to have you here. And uh, I, uh, I, I, you know, just my... How are you, how have you been doing during all all this uh, all this craziness that's been going on? Yeah, it's been crazy for everyone, not just me. And uh, you know, my office is I work out of our city office, and as everyone knows, the city got hit very hard starting in March when everything closed down in the city. And yeah, New York went. City, we're talking about. So, yeah. And uh, but I'm fortunate because my office, uh, my firm has offices on Long Island, including out on the east end of Long Island where I live. Um, so I've been uh, working at home really since March and occasionally using our office out on the East End. Uh, but things are starting to reactivate even in the city. And uh, I expect to be spending some time in the city office fairly soon. So maybe things are getting back to normal. Although if you read the headlines these days, it's not really certain what's going to happen. Yeah. But other than that, I've been doing very well. And, and surprisingly, the the litigation biz, or at least my piece of that biz, has been, it hasn't, it hasn't gone away during the pandemic. Uh, there are arbitrations that go on, regard, you know, even though the courts are closed, the arbitrations go on. There, are, everyone's adapting to, you know, virtual um, conferences, and um, so business goes on. <coughs> well, um, it's, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I, you, it, it, it's funny that you say that business goes on because I, I, one of the first things I want to ask you about is uh, exactly what your business is. What does a business divorce lawyer do? Yeah. You know, many people, when they hear business divorce, they, they hear the word divorce. They don't really hear the word business. So they assume it has something to do with matrimonial divorces. And of course, it doesn't. Right. Uh, I've never handled matrimonials. Um, it's not, a, it, you know, it was a term that was around. Um, for many years, um, not nearly as well known as it is today, but it, it generally refers to all sorts of disputes between co-owners of closely held businesses. We're not talking, we're not dealing with public companies. We're only dealing with closely held businesses, whether they're corporations or partnerships or more frequently today, LLCs. And sometimes those disputes ripen into litigation. Uh, in the form of, a, you know, someone wants to dissolve the company. Uh, sometimes it's just other types of claims of wrongdoing. Generally, when disputes between of that nature between partners gets to that point, it's, it's almost always the 
the point of no return. And, and, and in the end, these business partners are going to separate one way or the other. Many, in many, many instances, it, it will result in a buyout of some sort. So, so the, the discipline, if I can, you know, give it that lofty name, um, requires not only knowledge of, you know, the substance of law, uh, surrounding dissolution, breach of fiduciary duty, things like that. But oftentimes it also gets you into business valuation. And that's one of my favorite aspects of, of this practice. Getting I'm not a I'm not a business appraiser, but as a lawyer, you're really doing what I do. You really have to learn you have to be able you have to know the lingo. You have to be able to com communicate effectively with business appraisers, real estate appraisers. So, it, you know, it's it's a varied practice and uh, I enjoy it immensely. Yeah. Does that include breakup of, of family owned businesses? Uh, funny you say that, you know, um, I've been doing this for many for decades and uh, I don't know if it's just coincidence or, or something else going on, but over the years, more and more and more of my practice has involved family-owned businesses. And, you know, those are tough because you've got tough. father against son, brother against sister, uncle against nephew, niece. And, you know, the, the, the emotions are, you know, through the roof. And sometimes they can get in the way of, you know, business decision making. So... And, and, and there's a lot of hand-holding, client hand-holding that goes along with that. But I would say at this point, more than half of my business divorce practice is dealing with family-owned businesses. And in New York City, New York City is a real estate town. And, and there are so many um, family-owned real estate um, companies or partnerships that may go back one, two, three, sometimes even four generations and and at, with each successive generation, you know those family ties loosen and fray, and 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 I'm dealing with those, you know, second, third, fourth generation, you know, family real estate partnerships that are now breaking up. Usually, not usually, but abetted by the fact that the agreements that govern their company were done, you know, 40 years ago, yeah. and and hardly worth the paper they're written yeah. on. Yeah. But, are are um, any of them named Trump? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I no. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you, you had to think about it for a second. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, I know it's it's it's. Uh, I, I don't know a lot about this area, but I I do know here in Massachusetts where I am, there was a a, a very very messy uh, breakup of a, a family owned uh, supermarket uh, business, yes, which I, which went way uh, up and down through the appellate courts and back and back again. Uh, went on for years and years and years, uh, and uh, very notorious case around these parts. Yeah, no, um, these cases do tend to go on. I've had some that have lasted as long as uh, eight years, believe it or not. Um, and it's just because there's so much um, emotion. Uh, you know, the, 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 you know, these people, are, whether it's family or even not family, there's feelings of betrayal. I've been stabbed in the back by someone that I trusted and knew for 30 years. Maybe, maybe they were my best friend in high school. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it, it's very hard for some of these people to, and I understand it. Of course, I understand it. It's very hard for them to simply say, okay, we're going to make a business deal right now. And, and uh, you know, I'm not going to get the vindication, you know, that I want from a lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit like a a, a family divorce, a regular divorce uh, in is. some ways, it's, in, in it's, that there can be hard feelings. And 
Yeah, instead of the kids, it's the business. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, Peter, you've been uh, writing your blog, New York Business Divorce, since 2007. Right. Uh, when, when I when I talk to somebody who's been blogging that long, I always feel like I'm talking to like a fellow junkie or something. Uh, that you, I, 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 some people seem to just get, uh, you know, get into the habit of doing it and they keep doing it for, for a long yep. time. Uh, but but uh, what got you started down this road way, way back in 2007? What why did you start a blog in the first? Place? I um, I had been doing some uh, writing for legal publications going back to the late 90s, I'd say. Uh, I was writing articles for the New York Law Journal. I was writing articles for the New York State uh, Bar Association Journal. So I was starting to get out there and get some reputation, and that led to invites to speak. Um, and fast forward to about, I don't know, I'd say about 2004 or five, um, I started to notice a few law blogs, including some published by the uh, nascent company. What's it called again? Lexblog? Lexblog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I, and, and around that same time, I remember getting some calls from, you know, prospective clients who, some of whom became clients in Business Divorce Matters. And I said, well, how did you find me? And they mentioned that they had seen some of those print media articles online. And I had no clue how that happened. I mean, I'm not talking Westlaw or Lexis. Somehow they were seeing my writing online. And somehow I, and I love to write. I mean, I, you know, writing was the way I always thought that I would be able to uh, grab some attention and develop client, you know, bring in clients because that's because I write very well. I write very well. Uh, let's just put it out there. And um, so somehow I made that connection between, you know, on the one hand, I'm seeing these interesting things called law blogs. And then I'm getting calls from people who find me online. And, you know, so that was the connection I made. And so, you know, around, I don't know, 2006, I started to get more serious about it. No one in my law firm knew what a blog was. So, you know, I had to overcome some inertia in terms of getting, you know, the support I wanted to start the blog. And then by 2007, you know, I was really pushing it. And um, I, I got in touch with uh, Kevin O'Keefe uh, and uh, we, we started and, and we went live at the end of 2007. And um, I started publishing uh, a piece every Monday and have not missed a Monday since then. And here we are. How many years later? Uh, uh, 13. 13 years Almost later. 13. And, um, and I, you know, so I do once a week religiously and I, and I joke with people, ha ha, you know, if, if you don't see the piece on Monday, go, you know, look, you know, go look for an obituary. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I think, I think keeping that regular schedule, I mean, I, there's a core group of loyal readers. They're not even necessarily clients or prospective clients. In fact, they're probably not. They're mostly lawyers, some judges. Um, and it's like, they, they come to expect it. They, some of them tell me the first thing I do Monday morning, I, I, I look at your, your blog. Um, the, the, the pieces that I write, and when I say I write, I, over the last couple of years, I brought in a partner of mine and I just recently brought in a younger lawyer and they're sharing some of the writing now they're, you know, cause you know, I'm, I'm getting long, uh, in, in the tooth 
And I want to make sure that, you know, as I fade out, others will fade in. So we're starting to do that. Uh, we do long form blogging. It, 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 it's against all the rules that are, that Kevin O'Keefe writes about. He <laughs> says he says 500 words, no more. Right. You know, I'm writing anywhere from 12 and sometimes to 2,000 words, and, and once in a while over 2,000, and I just can't help myself, and um, and that's what we do. And believe it or not, I, I think certainly amongst the lawyers and you know the legal profession that reads these things, I think they appreciate that long form. Um, but I'm sort of wedded to it now, and I don't know any other way to do it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't buy that theory that you have to keep it down. <clears throat> excuse me, to under five hundred words or so. Um, you know, it really depends on the content and what you're writing about in, in the audience and in the subject matter. I mean, even in writing about about legal technology, I mean, I'll, I'll routinely write posts that are a thousand, fifteen hundred words, even. Uh, I think today I've already written about 3,000 words over a couple of different posts. So, uh, you know, it, it really is determined more by your, your topic and, and your readership. Uh, <clears throat> I do I do think it's funny, though, that some lawyers don't know how to get away from writing like lawyers when they write a blog mm -hmm. post. <clears throat> and I think that you, uh, you know, you said it yourself. You're a good writer. I, I, think, <laughs> I think you're a very good writer. Uh, it, it, one of the things I like about your writing, and then I don't know how intentional this is in, in, in your mind, but uh, you don't just kind of start the way a lawyer would start, yeah. like in the case of Smith and yeah. Ray Jones or something. You 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 write a catchy lead. You know, I mean, I, it looks I, like you've yeah, written for a newspaper or something. That, that's I'm not. A, I don't call myself a journalist, but um, I try and emulate what I think a journalist would do in terms of that that opening and and try and make it catchy. Um, I mean, if you really drill down, it's sort of formulaic. I'll have that that lead. I'll try and make it catchy. Uh, I'll introduce the subject in in sort of a broad way that sets some sort of a theme for what I'm talking about, and then. You know, most 90% of my pieces have to do with a case, a decision, a court decision that was recently published. That's the fodder for what I write about. Right. And then at the end, I'll always try, you know, at the end to sort of do my value add analysis, you know, closing thoughts, takeaway, and, and put some real thought into that, because I think that's in, in some ways the most valuable part of what I write for people. How, you know, how, how can... How does, you know, how does this help you either litigate your case or how does this help you if you are drafting an LLC operating agreement? How does this uh, avoid a, a, a some sort of a pitfall that otherwise you might fall into? And I think that's the real value. But, and I've heard, you know, many I've, I've even listened to in other interviews you've done on this program, Bob, with lawyers. And we all say the same thing. You know, you can't just write just write in a synopsis of a case. There's really no value add there. That's not going to uh, impress readers with your expertise. They, they, you know, they they really see that expertise when you bring some analysis and advice together with your description of the case, if that's what you're uh, writing about. And I, and I really do think that that is how I've been successful in attracting some following. But also, um, you know, most of my you haven't asked, I'll tell you, most of my business either comes directly or I'll say indirectly from my blog. And it's a, it's, a, it's a, as astonishing to me today as it was when those first calls and emails started coming in, you know, 10, 12 years ago. 
And and most of those people are they're not subscribers because the subscribers are usually just lawyers. Um, they're business owners. And, and, and I think over the years, more and more and more, particularly as business owners today are generally younger than me um, and more tech savvy than me, um, their first instinct, I believe, is to do their own research, not to pick up the phone to some lawyer that they know or don't know, but to go online, Google whatever search terms they're using, and, if, and, and the right search terms, I'm going to be on page one. And and they'll look at my stuff. They may not read it top to bottom, but they'll get a sense that, hey, this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And, um, you know, it's been a real uh, recipe for, you know, marketing success. I mean, I, I hope I don't sound too boastful about it, but, you know, it, it's really worked. And And I think part of the reason it's worked is because it is such a micro niche practice. And there's there are very few. I mean, if you're doing employment law, I imagine there must be what 300 law blogs out there on employment law. Yeah. There's really just I don't even know if there's any other business divorce blog that publishes the way I do. So with the right search terms, I'm always going to be on page one, and um, yeah. you know it's worked out very well. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and no, it, it doesn't sound boastful at all. I mean, you know, that's that's why Lexblog paid you thousands of dollars to be on this show and, and give this. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, well, no. you, you didn't mention the kickback, though, did you? Yeah, no, the I kick, didn't mention the, that. the kickback to Colin. No, you didn't mention that. Well, there's that, too, of course. Of course. Yeah. Got to do that. Um, so when you're when you're. Are you, are you thinking about that when you're writing your blog post? I mean, you've mentioned that you have a lot of different kinds of readers, and you, and you mentioned kind of writing, putting you know sort of advice or what this means to you in in your posts. I mean, who is who are you thinking about as your audience when you're when you're writing your blog posts? Yeah, it's it's it's. Um, I don't think I'm thinking about any one slice of the audience because you know, yes, um, I am writing, trying to not write like uh, I'm writing a brief so that. You know, laypersons, business owners can read it and understand it and get some value from it. Um, also writing it for lawyers and judges, too, though. Um, I mean, because much of the business that I get um, is, is you know, lawyers who are not litigators, who have a client who has a problem with their business partner. They know me. They've heard of me from the blog. Uh, so I'm also writing for them to to let them know that here's a great resource and you can read these articles and really get some value from them. And by the way, I, I, you know, if you need some help, I'm the guy, I never, I will never, you know, put some sort of a, a, you know, closing line, you know, if you need help with your business partner, give me a call at whatever. I never do that. I let right. the, I let the pieces speak for themselves. So to, so to speak. Right. Um, and, yeah. and that seems to have worked, but, yeah. um, you know, I'm surprised that others haven't emulated what I do by other localities, you know, the California business divorce blog, the, yeah. the, the Illinois, um, you know, new, you know, there are, and one of the wonderful things about being a New York lawyer doing what I do is that, you know, we have a huge court system. We're not the most populous state, but we're up there. And, um, you know, there's never, never 
uh, a lack of things for me to write about. There are always new decisions. You know, in the first year or so, I was always worried, what will I write about? You know, it's it's Thursday, it's Friday, and I don't have anything. There's always something to write about. Um, I'm not sure that's true in other states, particularly smaller states that don't have the same volume of court activity. Um, But in New York, you know, that's, you know, there's, 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 it's just never ending. Um, it's always material. And, and going back to your question, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm writing for business owners. I'm writing for lawyers. I'm writing for business appraisers who can be sources of business. Um, and, and I also think of the judge. I, I know there are judges who read my, uh, posts as well. And so I'm, I'm writing for them as well. And, um, which, which, means I have to be very careful what I write, <laughs> particularly if I'm writing about those judges' decisions. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you mentioned, uh, you, you brought up the question of why lawyers in other states aren't, who have practices similar to yours, aren't, aren't doing what you're doing. So you must get a lot of inquiries from outside of New York, from people who are Googling this topic and come across you. Uh, how do you how do you handle those? Yeah, it, it, there's there's um, I do get calls like that from uh, either lawyers or, or business owners in other states. And, you know, they're not um, dealing with New York entities. I'm a New York lawyer. I'm not licensed outside of New York. Um, and the laws in this in this area of the law, there are very, very significant differences state to state to state. So if someone calls me up from California and says they have a problem with their California LLC, their you know, I, I you know, I, I'll always talk to them. And if I can help them or share some uh, response to them, I will. But I, I that those are not matters that that will go anywhere from there. The, the, the more useful calls from out of state would be, you know, the California lawyer who has a cousin in New York who's involved in a business dispute of some sort. And that's that's sort of, sort of the round trip. It'll come to me that way. Um, but generally, yeah, I'll, I'll stick to New York and 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 sometimes Delaware, because there are and, you, you know, this is true across the country. Delaware uh, is sort of a, um, you know, choice of a uh, you know, many, many companies, particularly the larger ones, will incorporate or form their LLC in Delaware, but they're but they're operating in other states, including New York. So that's that's the one exception to the rule where I'll have to develop some expertise in Delaware uh, law, even dealing with cases that are in New York involving Delaware corporations or or LLCs. You now have. Uh... A podcast, in addition to your blog. Oh, that's you're you're hitting a sore point. Is that a sore spot? It's a sore spot because I love doing it, and I have had a, a heck of a time finding the time to do it. I I started off with a bang when I started the podcast. I was probably aiming to do, you know, five or six a year, which is nothing to you, I'm sure, but for me, with a with a practice and a blog and God knows what else. You know, finding the time to do that, you know, was difficult. And over the years, I've really, you know, I have been able to keep up that pace. I did. I think I've only put up either one or two this year. And, I, you know, I don't have one in the pipeline at the moment. I'd, I'd love to get back to that. I'm also one of my other projects in mind. I haven't done it yet is to do short form 
uh, video, whether for probably for LinkedIn. I don't I don't I was thinking YouTube, but I think LinkedIn is probably the better uh, form for that to do, you know, like three or four minute videos. It could just be a recap of my blog post from that week. I got to just find the time to do that. But that's really something I'd love to get started. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you know, you mentioned bringing in a couple of other lawyers from your firm to to uh, contribute to your blog and, and write on your blog. Is your thinking that that is going to mean sort of eventually you start to phase out of that every Monday routine and they do more of it or how do, what do you Yeah, thinking? you know, I, I, I swallowed very hard when, you know, my management was encouraging me, shall we say, to do this, looking further down the road. And I, I have to confess, I, I resisted for a while and then I swallowed very hard and said, yeah, it's the right thing to do. And I brought in someone who's now one of my partners and he's uh, Frank McRoberts. He's been helping, uh, you know, he, we've been on a rotation, 3-1 rotation for some years now. Um, and I actually find uh, con true confession, I, I, I actually starting to enjoy weekends that I don't have to spend five hours <laughs> writing the blog. So that's yeah. a sign of something. I don't know what. But yeah, seriously, um, th that is the plan to, uh, you know, I'm 65, uh, but uh, I'm not going to do this forever. And I think it's a good idea to bring, you know, we all think it's a good idea to bring others yeah. in and yeah. so that. You know, so that the the really the firm becomes associated with not just Peter Mahler, but my law firm becomes associated with business divorce. If you, you yeah. need a good business divorce lawyer, go to Farrell Fritz. I mean, I think yeah. that's really the marketing approach. Yeah. And so you see your blog as not your blog, but your firm's blog. Uh, can I take the fifth on that? <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, um but so actually, so what I want to ask about bringing bringing uh, them in is, did you had they been blogging before? Did you train them? Did you give them advice? What? How did you get them well, up to speed on it? Yeah, no, I mean they they both happen to be very you know excellent writers. Um, so I can't say there was really any training other than hoping that they have been religiously reading my posts and getting some sense of the flavor. I mean they've also been doing this long form. Uh, blogging and they understand that there's this, I, I always call it value added concept. You can't just say, here's what, here's a case and this is what the court held. So, you know, I, I think there is sort of a standard formula that we're, that we're all uh, following and, you know, trying to uh, lead with something that grabs attention, talking about the case. Um, you know, I, I guess to the extent that I'm helping as, as a mentor, um, I'm sort of emphasizing the visual importance of the blog, you know, get away from those long paragraphs, uh, shorter sentences, subheadings, break it up. You know, those are the things that I think I can be, you know, helpful in, in, in um, you know, mentoring others who are who are coming onto the blog. Yeah. Uh, you, you said earlier, maybe uh, you said if I got if I had it right, you said most of your business, if not all of your business, is coming through your blogging one in one way or another. Well, I said directly or indirectly. The directly part yeah. is easy. I get a call from a business yeah. owner, and and I always will say, well, gee, how did you come across me? And they say, I read your, you know, I, I saw your blog. So bingo, I know that's exactly. They Googled, they found my piece, they read it, they called me. Easy. 
Um, the, the indirect stuff is, is harder to pin down. I mean, I'll get a call from a business owner and I'll say, how did you find me? And they'll mention the name of some lawyer that I've never heard of. Right. I make the assumption that that lawyer knows me from the blog. I mean, it, it's possible it could be otherwise. Yeah. But, you know, those things are hard to pin down. Uh, but, but you know, and you know this as, as well, if not better than I do, that there is that um, sort of environmental impact of blogging where, you know, it's, it's just sort of people – it's not that there's a particular article you wrote on a subject right. that is of importance to them. They just, from that exposure, they just know that this is your specialty. Right. And right. they're not seeing others, at least in New York, who are promoting that specialty. So, you know, that's what I mean sort of by the indirect. Um, because I'm not out there. Uh, you know, I, I do some speaking, not a lot. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not... Um, you know, I don't do a lot of bar associated activity, which is another traditional way of getting yeah. referral business. I don't really yeah. do any of that. So in one way or another, I'm saying it really does emanate from the blog. And I still do write. I still write for 20 something years. I've been writing an annual piece for the New York Law Journal that seems uh, to uh, people uh, seem to enjoy that. I'm not sure that that has ever brought me a client because yeah. that's just read by lawyers. Yeah. Um, so apart from apart from that direct and indirect um, uh, business that it's brought in, have have there been other benefits to you or your career from blogging over all these years? Oh, other benefits. Um, well, look, I, I not every week, but most of the time, I really enjoy writing the piece and. Even if it means giving up, you know, any number of hours on the weekend, I it, it, they really each piece I think of as my baby, you yeah. know, and I'll write it, I'll spend however many hours doing it, and then I'll come back to it throughout the rest because I publish Monday morning, I'll come back to it again and again and again over the weekend, even Monday morning. I like I used to try and post by six thirty in the morning. I would, I, yeah, I'd still be editing, you know, at at yeah. six fifteen. Um, so I, I really care about the blog. I care about the pieces and there is a sense of, you know, satisfaction, reward. I mean, if it wasn't also building my business, would I feel that way? I don't know. You yeah, know, but, right. um, but you know, in, in the first couple of years, I mean, it wasn't as if I pu started publishing in 07 and instantly business was flooding in. It did take a while. Yeah. It took, I don't know, I'd say it was really two or three years before the drips became more of a steady flow. And I don't know if that's because of, you know, the way the Google search engine works or whatever it was, but, you know, it wasn't uh, immediate, but I still, you know, I like to think I'd still be doing it, even if it wasn't generating the business it does. Who knows? Yeah. Were you, were you doing anything in those early years to get word out about your blog or to promote your blog or just to? Um, I think, I think I went on Twitter and would always promote it on Twitter. I never found Twitter to be a particularly valuable um, vehicle to promote, you know, my work. Um, LinkedIn, more recently, over the last, you know, four or five years, I'd say I, I find more value in promoting it on LinkedIn, particularly the LinkedIn groups. There are a number of LinkedIn groups that um, focus on business divorce stuff and, and you know, with a, with a significant following. 
And when they see, you know, so I'm every week posting my, my, you know, a link to my pieces on, on the groups. And I think that is, and, and, and these groups include lawyers from all over the country, you know, and, and I think that helps. Um, and then, you know, as I said, some speaking engagements, um, including, uh, you know, the LLC Institute, which you may or may not have ever heard of. It's, it's, it's a wonderful sub subsection of the American Bar Association that attracts you know, the, 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 the best of the best, the best minds in the world of, you know, act from academia, practicing lawyers uh, of um, in the world of closely held businesses. And so I go there every year. Uh, I've spoken several times and that that is just a fantastic group of professionals to be exposed to and to to try and, you know, display your expertise in front of. Well, I've been asking you lots of questions. Do you have any any final words that you'd like to say about uh, your blog or about blogging in general before we wrap up? Well, nothing terribly original. I mean, I think that um, I, I guess maybe I'm just sort of, uh, you know, uh, channeling a little bit of Kevin O'Keefe where he's constantly beating that drum of niche, blo- niche blogging. I said niche, niche blogging. Um, I do think it is a great um, uh, vehicle to not only just, you know, become more proficient in an area that you like, but also for young lawyers and some old older lawyers as well. Um, you know, if they're interested in, in online, you know, marketing themselves online, you know, be, you know, be very selective and careful. And, and the narrower your subject um, area, I think the more likely it is that you're going to, you know, get that attention that you want and bring in the business you want. Um, so that that's really you know, those who are watching this and thinking about starting to blog, you know, that would be my my advice to them. And as I said, it's not even original advice, but I think it's good advice. It's good advice. Peter, thank you very much for taking the time to be my with us. My pleasure. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. My pleasure here as well. Thank you. Hope you stay well and uh, keep at it for a while anyway. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, all right. Well, we've been talking with Peter Mahler of the New York Business Divorce blog, which you can find at nybusinessdivorce.com. And uh, a reminder, once again, that you can find all of the past episodes of our video interviews on YouTube at LexBlog, on youtube.com slash LexBlog. Watch for our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. On behalf of everybody at LexBlog, this is Bob Ambrogi. Thanks for watching and listening.